This is Culture Communication and Brand Moments with Shelby Joe Long, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Culture, Communication, and Brand Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Shelby Joe Long. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Genius Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Shelby Joe Long, your host. I have the opportunity to talk to people that have turned their passion into a business. They're living the life of their dreams because they're doing what their genius tells them to. Today, we have the opportunity to talk to Kathy Sparrow in the ghostwriting business, and I'm excited to hear her story and how she got into this whole line of business, and I'm excited to hear how she transformed her genius into an income stream. So, Kathy, welcome to the interview today. I'm happy that you're here. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Kathy and I are affiliated with the Rogue Publishing Partners Company and in the same publishing space help people tell their stories to the world, to start a movement, write their memoir, build their legacy, all of those fun things. So I'm excited to learn more about what you do. So Kathy, give us an overview of your business. Tell us what you what you do. Well, um, not only do I ghostwrite, I also do some coaching, but really it's about sharing stories because I really believe that our stories are rich and we live writable lives. Nobody lives a boring life. (laughs) We may think at times it's boring, but really we all have experiences that others can benefit from learning from. We live. Oh, I love that phrase. That should be on your website. If it's not, we live right. (laughs) Love that. That's great. Telling stories. Uh, So how to tell me more about that. What kind of clients do you usually work with? And what, tell me about how, um, that came about. Yeah. So I have a wide variety, you know, b- b- wide variety of clients from different fields. I have uh, women business owners, solopreneurs who have want to write stories um, about their lives. I have one woman we I worked with last year. Um, she wrote the green velvet chair. Her name's Laura Ballerini from Canada. And she's a, she's a designer by, in, by trade and that's her business. But she wrote about how um, our, our life is filled with design. So that's why, and really opened my eyes to, you know, walk wow. down the street and see different things. So she represents the, the, female solopreneur that I will often work with. Um, I have an acupuncturist that I work with who's, who's writing a book on men, menopause. And then on the other side of the spectrum, I have very busy CEOs. And these are mostly my, uh, my ghostwriting clients who know they have a story to tell. And yet they have no time and inclination to sit down. So my job is to interview them and take and become their voice. So um, different different industries too. So I think what's beautiful about what I do is I get to be curious and ask questions and learn about a lot of different, a lot of different people. That's so interesting. It's uh, similar to the work that I do. You can turn any, any expertise into an income stream. 
So it does it doesn't matter what it is. There is an audience for it. So because you're all about connecting the ideas with the audience. And so you're the expert in doing that. That's right. That's it doesn't right. matter what the industry it is. No. Yeah. No. Doesn't matter. Like how can we reach that audience? You know, what's the best language? Where where can we find them? So yeah. Yeah. Which I'll give you we- one example I have of that. I, I am a professor at a college and I've been teaching there for a long time but teaching like public speaking and basic thing of public speaking, you know, I tell the aviation students that, you know, you can't teach a general audience how to fly an airplane because we don't have the language. We don't have the knowledge. We don't have the, the acumen or the, the background foundational knowledge to be able to know how to explain that to a general audience. The language works for a certain audience, but not a general audience. So I imagine Maybe you run into that too. Yes. I have a little story that I use to demonstrate that when I was learning to fly fish, I was having hard, we, we had just opened our um, fly fishing lodge and I hadn't yet caught a redfish on a fly, which was the fish that most people wanted to come see and, and, and catch in South Texas. And so my husband at the time said, okay, we're, we're going to go to this place. You're just going to get out and you're going to cast into the middle of the pod pod. So I slipped out of the boat, cast my fly into the middle of the pod. The fish comes up, puts its lips on the fly, and then goes away. And and my husband comes over and said, well, what happened? And I told him. He said, you didn't strip the fly? I said, you never told me to strip the fly. So that's what happens with experts. They know their their field and their their topic of expertise so well, they forget to break it down. when I come in on a project, I help them break it down because I really come at the project with a beginner's eye, right? Like questions, almost like a toddler. Well, why? Well, how come? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause it, well, I, I speak, I write about this too, your intuition, right? Your intuition tells you, you know how to do things. And when you're an expert and genius in something, then you just, you just know, you don't have to think about it anymore. You just do it. And that's the way that you think. That's the way that you operate and it becomes second nature to you. And that's a great thing. But when you have to transform that into coaching somebody else or to explaining it to something else, that's a, it's a whole different story. So. Yeah. Yeah. You have to kind of step back and get that objective point of view and then break it down. Absolutely. We are in very similar industries, you and I. That's for sure. Well, we're both yes, in the public. We are. <laughs> Telling those stories. So tell me how you, Kathy, how did you get into the ghost writing and, and coaching? How did you get into that? What's your, what's well, the- Well, my background story? is in writing, traditional publishing. So I started in um, upstate New York writing personality profiles about writers and dancers. I was two hours, lived two hours north of New York City. So those were those people were my my neighbors. And I worked for a local community arts paper called The Paper. And I got to uh, tell people stories that way, interview them, talk to them, and then write about it. And over time I started editing and then I broke into the book publishing world and um I guess it was in when I was living in India. I'm a bit of a gypsy, so <laughs> I was living in Indiana. Okay, we go from New York City to fly fishing to California. There's a there's a whole lot of stories involved with that, from sure. 
<laughs> oh yeah, yeah, there are. Uh, I've written some of them have made their way into uh, other my other books, but um, nice. yeah, when I was in Indiana, it was the first time I did a ghostwriting gig. I had an editor. I'd been editing for this publishing house, and she said, "I have this author and." I would he really need some help? So I ended up, I call it collaborative writing because it wasn't like I was just handed a manuscript. We actually, I spend a lot of time with my writers, um, mm-hmm. getting to know them, talking to them, interviewing, interviewing them. In this case, I had to go through the man's um, personal, his fitness regimen. Um, he was a personal trainer for John Cougar Mellencamp at the time. So, wow. Yeah, so I got to work on this book with Chris Gephardt called Body Mastery. So that was the first ghostwriting gig. And then, uh, you know, over time, it's been a mix of ghostwriting and coaching. So, and the coaching came about because I I was living in Virginia Beach at the time. Here goes the, the little gypsy off again. And people would ask me, what do you do? And I said, I'm a writer. And they, I always wanted to be a writer. So, you know, listening to the universe tap me on the shoulder a few times, I went, oh, so I started coaching people and that was about 20 years ago. So over time, it's just involved. I've had people start as coaching clients and go, I can't do this. I need some help. And then I take over or people who come to me right away and say, all right, I need to get this message out. I just don't, just don't have the time to do it. And so uh, we spend a few hours together, quite a few, you know, and then I become their voice. I have a a gift of being able to hear my author's voice in my mind as I'm writing. So my voice steps aside and I'm able to use their language, their cadence, their, and it's a beautiful gift. You're a genius and you turn that into a business. Absolutely. Yeah. So do you, you said you coach others in writing or ghostwriting? I coach others in in writing, I don't coach others on how to ghost write. Um, yeah. haven't thought about that yet. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe there's something there, but yeah. So I, I do a combination. I would say about right now, I'm probably about 60% ghost writing, 40% coaching. Do you, this is a totally random question. Uh, do you find that the publishing industry has any, I just think of ghostwriting and all the AI that's happening and chat GPT. I was just talking to a, a publishing partner today about it. Do you think that is a, is a threat to the industry? Perhaps initially. Yeah. People will try it, but to be honest, I, I, um, I had a colleague who we've kind of dabbling with this um project um and he said i wrote four chapters and i read them and i went oh my god they're like lifeless and i said yeah i can't do this like this <laughs> it's just so i think that's what's missing um i think perhaps ai's got a place to help build outlines gather ideas but when it, I, i've had people say they use it for titles um but, you know, when it comes to really getting down to the heart and soul, being able to touch other hearts and souls, I don't think artificial intelligence can do that. So, I don't think it can either. No. I would agree with you. Yeah. It doesn't have, the, the life is exactly right. The, it doesn't capture the emotion. So. No, there's no energy to it. It's just, it's just words on paper or screen. 
I know there's the discussion about how that's going to transform the industry. And I, I just don't think it will, because I think, I think it would even elevate what you do to a, to a like higher level because it's, because there's more content out there, but just because there's more content out there doesn't mean it's better content. So it's right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. That's interesting. So tell me about when you said you've always been a writer. You've had all these influences, New York, and you've lived all over the place, all these influences. When was there a time when you decided to transform that into a, into a business, go out on your own? What was that entrepreneurial switch that went off? Do you remember that? You know, well, I guess the entrepreneur's switch has always been there. First, I really need to say, I was told as a guidance counselor, I'd never be a writer. Or not told by my guidance counselor, excuse me, when I was in high school, just entering high school. So, And for a time, I believed it. And I followed the, the curriculum to go into business, right? But then that inner urge to write just couldn't be quite you know, quieted. So I would write and then I switched my majors and um, I was having babies at the time. I was very young. (laughs) And, but I was, um, I just remember when I just knew I had to, had to put my writing out there. So I wrote a personal essay about climbing Mount Everett, not Everest, but a little 2000 foot summit mountain in the Berkshires. And I was scared to death of heights at the time. I've since done more but um and so that became my writing journey and then you know and I was still working part-time still you know so my freelancing was on the side but I guess that it really huh I can't tell that there's always been it's always it's always been there with teaching and so there's been a but it's never gone away I guess that's the, it's been there. It's just, I would say in the last probably two, three years, taken a much bigger role. Sure. Because when I teach, teach writing, so it's the coaching, it's, it's all, all one big pie kind of. Yeah. I think um, moving more towards ghost writing um, really has been over the last year and a half. There's, uh, I have a love of being able to just sit and write a good part of the day. And that brings me joy. Yeah. It brings me joy that I'm somebody else's dream to life and uh, helping them reach their audience. So that there's a ripple effect there. Absolutely. Absolutely. What was the, what was the biggest challenge for you to make that switch? I mean, you're going into something you love to do. But there was there a challenge to making that your main income source, the working for yourself rather than working for being an editor for someone else. What was what was there a challenge in there that you had in that journey? Um, I think the challenge has been um <laughs> not buying into other people's dreams. So I think, you know, the fly fishing, I was, I was a fly fishing lodge owner for a time. And even though that was the space that I began my novel um, and also wrote a nonfiction piece on a nonfiction book on fly fishing um, for women 
um yeah it's just like i needed to start believing in myself more than other people's dreams and and really that's where i'm at now it's just like mm -hmm. this is what i do this is who i am and you know don't plan on building another fly fishing lodge <laughs> in this like that, that's interesting too because that's like something that you love to do but that's yeah. not something that you wanted to create a business out of right like no. you create a business can... out of it it's it's work but that's that's more of a hobby where writing is more something that's in your like that's in your that's how you like, operate that's how you yeah. Yeah. and so that's that's interesting to me because you love fly fishing, but then when you turned it into, when it was turned into a business, maybe that was, that taught you, I think that's a super important lesson for entrepreneurs. Like turning your hobby into a business might not be as fulfilling as, or understanding of like that intuition that's in yourself, that fulfillment that you get from writing and communicating in a certain way. It's different than turning your hobby into a into a business yeah and i think that interesting like um i have a novel whispered teachings of grandmother trout and i have a lot of women who've read it a lot of men too and i describe it as the feminine version of a river runs through it which we said was filmed in your area right and i was there this weekend yeah and i i heard that you know i've heard people say oh, i really want to learn how to fly fish i really want to learn how to fly fish and because i can doesn't mean I should. And so you just gave me something to think about. It's like, I haven't fly fished since last October. So it's been almost, a, you know, almost a year. If I didn't write even a couple days, I'd go out of my skin, right? It's like, how can there'd be really something wrong, something missed. And there have been times when I have not written for a good period of time and I get depressed and I it's like life doesn't have any color to it and it's like it's because I'm not honoring my genius right this is my genius it's a gift and so yeah I gotta use it gotta I use it gotta use and it that still doesn't mean that you don't need to come to Montana and go fly fishing exactly <laughs> <laughs> I can come there and have fun and That's not right you know, yeah. worried about teaching somebody how to cast the rod. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's interesting. That's I think that, you know, I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs that have turned their passion into a genius, but I think that's a that's an important differentiation to make is that your genius is yes, it's something that you love to do, but it's also something that's part of your being. It's part of who you are. It's where you're the most fulfilled. Um I, similar space with me. I, I'm a communication expert and the way that I see the world comes from my, my uh, being a communication professor and being a college debate coach for a lot of years. I like all seeing all the different options and the objectivity of that and understanding the path forward to build a business and all of those things influence my way of thinking. And it's right. similar to what that is too. So yeah, super important lesson. So what, Kathy, what would you say to someone out there, a listener that's thinking about starting a business out of something that's their genius or their passion? Because you can be passionate about that too. Yeah. Um, it's very interesting. I, I just, I go to a sweat cycle 
class and uh, it's hot and it's a indoor cycling in a hot room a heated yeah. room 85 degrees right and sunday happened to be the 12th anniversary birthday anniversary of this business created by a woman Is and pardon that soul cycle no it's sweat cycle sweat cycle Yes, I, just to, I was just into a podcast about soul cycle anyway. Okay. So it's sweat cycle. And yeah. She described how she, I guess she wrote a post and the instructor that morning read it and, you know, she was told she couldn't do it. She was told she would fail. She would, and, you know, she overcame challenges. So I think, and, and built a community. Mm-hmm. So I think that one, we have, there are going to be challenges. It's not easy. There, there have been times when I'd be so busy and then there'd be no, no clients. It's like, whoa, what's going on here? Right. And it's just, that's part of the cycle. It, and in, in time, and it's, it was often about me. It was often like I needed some time off or I needed to look at how to restructure my business, et cetera. So I think is like, follow that passion. Don't doubt yourself. Because mm-hmm. if it's there, it's almost like when somebody says, I have this idea for a book. And I said, well, then you've been tapped on the shoulder by the universe to bring this book to life. So if the idea for a business keeps coming to you and coming to you, it's like you're being tapped on the shoulder to do that. And then, you know, probably build a bridge, not leap. Mm-hmm. That would be, I think I probably leapt a few times when I should have been building bridges and did, you know, slow incremental builds. And then there'll become a time in it. There'll be times when you over, you know, you go, how can I do anything else? But then there'll be, you'll know, you'll know, you won't. It's easier to uh, be in business when you feel comfortable financially than worrying about how to pay the mortgage, right? That kind of thing. Um, Be careful of saying yes to everything. Yeah. Just because you can doesn't mean you need to. And the other is, um, I had a mentor once say, um, if you can't do it with heart, it's not yours to do. So I can write about anything. Do I want to write about anything? Everything? No. 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 Set your boundaries, be true to yourself and yeah, protect your time. I think uh, it's such an important piece of advice to at least remind entrepreneurs about because entrepreneurs are in the hustle phase a lot of the times, right? They're trying to build their business and they forget that I need to stay in my genius zone. And to do that, I've got to set some boundaries around my time and do what I do best. And then I can have somebody else do my accounting, right? And I, I've got to be able to delegate and do these things so I can stay in this zone. I think that's a, yeah, and, and that, incremental have a plan before going into it so yeah still taking a risk but a calculated one that's right right important pieces <laughs> of advice for sure yeah. well kathy where can our audience find um uh, you're a published author multiple times over where can we find you and i'll include well i'm on too so Okay. Thank you. I'm on LinkedIn. That's probably the easiest place. Um, but then there's also a writablelife.com and it's A-W-R-I-T-A-B-L-E.com and also kathysparrow.com. Okay. Yeah. And what, uh, what are your publications we should look for? 
Well, uh, there's the whispered teachings of Grandmother Trout, and that's the novel, the fly fishing novel. That's, uh, and I'm working on a screenplay for that. That's my next big oh, adventure fun. for myself. That's a big yeah. One. I know. I I committed to having it written by December, um, and then uh, oh, Stanky and Cece. That's um, out of, Stanky and Cece, Out of Control, and Stanky and Cece, Break the Rules, children's books that I've written, co-written with Chad Hanstadt. And um, Stanky's a Jeep, and Cece's a dog, and we teach uh, values to kids through some fun little um, escapades of Stanky and Cece. And then Ignite Your Leadership, uh, that third edition should be out in about a month. So there, that's been... Uh, I, anthology with um several of our 10 of my colleagues from jack keenfield's world there's uh, an anthology coming out from the rim community which is an uh, evolutionary technique to kind of overcome limiting beliefs and that's coming out probably um after the first of the year so that's that and on the mother lagoon fly fishing and the spiritual journey is being revised and that'll be back out probably first of the year too so you're not busy at all. No, not at all. No, at all. you got like six projects going all coming out. So that's very exciting. Well, some of them are out. Some of them are in marketing phase. Some of them are just waiting for, you know, to for upload. So yeah, there's all different phases involved there. And I don't do it alone. I have a team to help. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I see a riding retreat at a fly fishing lodge in Montana in your future. I, now that would be something to, that I would be, be up for. That would be fun. Yes, yes. I think we can make that happen. Yeah, I think I'm that would be it on the record. <laughs> <laughs> we just said it publicly, right? But it's on the record. We're going to make it happen. That's awesome. Okay. Oh, Kathy, what a great, great to get to know you and your business and your personal. Just a little bit about you today. It's been really a treat to hear to hear about your journey. And I think it's so inspiring for those that those out there that are thinking about digging into their genius. So thank you for that. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for coming on the interview today. It's always fun to explore those stories so we can inspire you audience members out there to take the next step and create a business out of your genius because you can always solve problems for other people. And if you have any questions about how to transform your genius into an income stream, shoot me an email. My website's shelbyjolong.com. Always good to talk to other aspiring genius entrepreneurs about creating a business out of their genius. Thank you, genius entrepreneurs. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Culture, Communication, and Brand Moments with your host, Shelby Joe Long. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we will see you on the next episode.